0: Hello, welcome to Chapter 3 Podcast, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is Season 3, Episode 2, and uh, a couple of very exciting things. Number one, we are launching our year-long Witcher read-along. We're here to talk about The Last Wish Yay by Andrzej Sapkowski, so we're going to dive into that. But also, very exciting announcement! Thanks to all of you, we are now officially monetized on YouTube. Yay! So thank you so much to all of you. Uh, you know, we've made like a dollar and sixty-six cents so far, so it's very exciting. But you know, like moving in the right direction, and um, appreciate all of your support on everything that we do. And yeah, like onwards and upwards so we're here to talk about the witcher yay
1: can't believe you didn't make a toss your coin joke while you were talking about money
0: you're oh fired. yeah you're totally fired it's it's your job please do tell everyone <laughs> about our patreon liana i mean you were just talking about monetization that is also <laughs> coin related She's absolutely right it was a missed opportunity it truly was
1: so if that's you any to indication coin. of how this podcast is going to go, guys, don't watch this. It's terrible. We don't know what we're doing. Missing Clearly. every
0: opportunity. Missing for... every opportunity for all of the jokes. But if you do want to toss a coin to your podcasters, you can also do that. Um, hi, we've got some people here. Hello, hello. Glad Matt is saying, let the Witcher journey begin. We are very excited. And this will go up. Um, the The audio will go up once we have finished doing the live stream but hello welcome so this was a reread for me but the rest of the series won't be
1: they're all for me except for season of storms the only one i haven't read a season of storms excellent which i've heard pretty negative things about so i can't say i'm super excited about it it.
0: (laughs) all right we're gonna do it should we do a recap of the reading schedule for the year for anybody who missed it sure All right. So in case anybody missed this, and I do have a comment pinned on our Discord channel now if you're uh, joining us over there, but we are doing The Last Wish, obviously, in January. And uh, then in February, we're reading Sword of Destiny. We're taking a break in March, and then we're reading Blood of Elves to Lady of the Lake from April to August – taking a break in September, and then coming back in October to finish up with Season of Storms. So um, if you're joining in, that is the plan. Correct.
1: Well done. Yeah. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Urza has read everything but Season of Storms as well, so that'll be new to all of us.
1: I think because Season of Storms did come out so much like uh, later than the rest of the series, that I think there's a lot of people that are like, oh, yeah also that now but it's like for a lot of people they've already read the series so that like when that came out it's like no i was officially done with witcher don't
0: <laughs> what is this mm-hmm. now right <laughs> That's fair. so how did you do with the reread is this your first time rereading this
1: yes first time rereading it
0: <laughs> okay
1: did you uh, have did similar feelings um yeah i think I mean, it's it's always like slightly different, especially if your first read of something is pretty blind. Maybe not so if your first read of something is like something that you were like very, like you had a lot of information going in the first time. Going yeah. in the first time, like all I knew was that the video games were based on these books and that people had said they were grimdark. I think maybe, no, actually I don't think anyone had told me that the the short story collections were largely fairy tale retellings. I think I didn't know that. So when I picked up The Last witch the first time, I was like, Wait, is this Beauty and the
0: Beast? <laughs> yeah.
1: What? And so, like this time, obviously, it wasn't that experience of like, oh,
0: what? What are we doing?
1: Um, it was like, oh yeah, I forgot how many fairy tales got retold in this. Um, so it's it's slightly different an experience, but um, yeah, I remembered the, like, I recall this book being fun, engaging, violent, interesting, thought provoking, funny. Um, and it was all of those things the second time as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it was interesting for me too because I similarly read this going in knowing very little and then rereading it. I've now seen the television show. I have a lot more context. And I love your look at the TV show. But I will say I think I had a better time rereading it. I enjoyed it the first time around. The fairy tale twists were fun. But I think I picked up on a lot more of the nuance and detail this time just because I think I – I understood a little bit more about who these characters actually are and what the world actually well, is.
1: Well, maybe I should say that. It was um I didn't even think about it. Um and well, I'm thinking about it now. That this time it was a, a different experience because um similar to it's not it's been 5 minutes uh First Law where <laughs> when you go back and you reread it and like because he has a habit of like taking characters that were like you know, just there for a scene or just there for this one like bit and then coming back later and being like, why don't I just give, make, give that character a whole plot line in a later book? And so then like, if you've read the whole series, then when you go back to the beginning, some character that is appearing in a scene, that the first time you read it, you're like uh, some guy. Um, mm-hmm. Now, like some guy is somebody that you spent quite a lot of time with in later books. So now you're like suddenly a lot more like paying attention to some guy because they became someone more important later. So like in having read the entire Witcher series now, um going back now and reading the last wish there he does throw out a lot and this Mm -hmm. like this is like uh I don't know if all editions this one's I guess this one doesn't so that answers the question not all editions say introducing the witcher but like that's what the last wish is kind of intended to do that's why people Mm -hmm. say to read it first because it's like here's the world here's Geralt here's what a witcher is and does here's how the elixirs function here's the kind of beasties that are in this world it's like a big sampler of what you're going to get in like the world of the witcher and um So it not only throws out a lot about that, but, like, there are a ton of names that, like, I know the first time I read The Last Wish, I was like, who? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know any of these people. And so then now that I've read the entire Witcher series, there's a lot of names for the people that Geralt is interacting with in the stories. Or also there's a framing device throughout this whole book where, like, we keep circling back to, like, the quote unquote present day for at least this book where he's like where he's where he is presently for this book um so then like the people he's talking to then so like the names they're not like nothing to me anymore now i'm like "Mm, i know that name i did not know that name when i read this the first time
0: yes yeah no and i had a lot more kind of visuals in my head too one thing that i will say about this that really stuck out to me that i know we because i know we have previously done an episode talking about the witcher show and um one thing cr- criticism that I know you had had and other people had had is that Geralt in the show doesn't have a lot of personality. He really and, doesn't. He really doesn't. And I think reading the Last Wish, I was like, yeah, that is a really fair criticism. Like, he well, not so only does more-
1: Geralt not have a personality in the show, he and Yaskier <laughs> Dandelion don't Dandilion. have a relationship in the show, or Dandelion,
0: as they yeah. say on this audiobook. So,
1: like, it. it- <laughs> they could change the relationship and depict it differently, I guess. I guess you can do that. But it's a pretty interesting and multifaceted and multi-layered relationship that those characters have in the books. And it's just like made both of them so shallow and so boring in the show where like Yaskir is just comic relief, like literally just like slapstick walks on to be a goof. And like, I mean, toss a coin, slaps. That is like amazing. But that's not enough to like make up for the fact that you completely ruined the relationship between Geralt and dandelion dandelion yes yes. Gear buttercup mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i definitely agree i feel like that central friendship is such a great part of this book and also Geralt is funny and has a sense of humor and you just really don't get that in the show so i think those things definitely stuck out to me upon a reread um I I see lots of things happening I see I've ruined a lot of people's
1: bets on when I was going to mention when you were going to mention
0: first law (laughs) somebody had uh, had it at over 10 minutes y'all know never takes long (laughs) before we get a first law mention
1: you're probably better off doing it as bingo instead of bets that is
0: true or a drinking game maybe although depending (laughs) on how much you want to drink (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly exactly uh, yeah we have somebody saying Witcher 3 is the best of the games books TV show maybe maybe at some point this year we should take a, have an adventure and try playing Witcher 3 Leanna I have
1: tried playing Witcher 3 I'm not good at playing video games because I don't play them so it didn't go terribly well but I have played it <laughs>
0: I know we have it. My husband's played all the video games and read the books. Like, he doesn't usually read a lot, but he read all these. And um, so I could. We have it. I haven't tried it. I mean, if there was
1: ever a video game that I was going to play, probably it would be Witcher. Probably
0: would be Witcher. Yeah.
1: Well, that's and a I... lie, because I actually really like playing Disco Elysium. But.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um what okay where do we want to go with this well um how
1: how are we doing spoilers like immediately or Uh,
0: let's do non-spoilers first and then we'll get into i guess and then we'll get into spoiler territory okay
1: um well i mean i've read the whole series except season of storms but for you who has not um i don't know when you read the last wish both times did you feel like this was a good introduction because that's how it's pitched just like this is what you got to read first to like get Mm -hmm. your taster to get your sampler like do you feel i mean it's kind of hard to say i guess until you start reading the series you're like oh i did need that but like having just read that do you feel like oh i feel well versed and introduced i'm ready now to like start the series or no
0: I mean I think so. It's I again, it's hard to know for sure without reading the other books like what my opinion would be on a reading order, but I definitely think The Last Wish is accessible without having read anything else, especially because it is mostly fairy tale retellings like you kind of have some if you know if you're familiar with that you have some knowledge going in and I do think it does a pretty good job of introducing you to Geralt to certain things about the world and what he does and what some of the characters is. what a witcher is uh so yeah like I wouldn't say that I fully grasped everything I think rereading it after seeing the show I get a lot more out of it um than on do a you first think- read. The framing
1: device is helpful or unhelpful?
0: It's fine. I don't, you know, I think if it, you know, I I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm like, I think that's a fine way to do a short story collection is a framing device. I like it as a narrative choice. I don't know that the specifics of the framing device used in here did a ton so for me, because
1: I was gonna yeah. say, like I felt like the first time I read it, the framing device was just like kind of confusing to me. Cause I was like, I, I don't know what this is, what this right. means. And it I kept thinking it might be maybe by the end of The Last Wish, I'd be like, Oh, I get now why we had this framing device, but that never happens in the last wish. No. And like now, because I've read the entire series, it's kind of what I was saying before. I was like, well, I've read the series, so I know these character names and I know what we're talking about and the conversations that he's having where he's referencing other things in the framing device. Like I actually understand the framing device now and I'm like, "Well, I now I know who you're talking about, what you're talking about." Like, but if you don't, it's kind of weird because like this is the introduction, right? This is what you're supposed to do right. to like get to know Geralt, but like I don't feel like you're going to make any sense of the framing device until you already know a lot
0: about the Witcher <laughs> series. I mean, I think that's fair, but also speaking of first law, it's another one too where there's plenty of things that you don't pick up on until you do a reread after having read more in it. So I'm okay. But if with first this law, is it, like that,
1: it doesn't feel bewildering in first law. You're just like, I don't know where this is going, but you don't feel like I don't know what this is at all. Whereas, like the framing device in Last Wish, I felt very disoriented by it the first time I read it. That's I was like, Where are you? Why do we care that you're there? What's happening right now? What are you talking about? What is what is happening right? Now? Am I gonna to figure this out at some point and you're like nope
0: guess not. I see like whereas I guess I didn't have that experience it wasn't bewildering to me I was just kind of like okay this is how we're organizing this collection of stories cool <laughs> like I don't know I just kind of I didn't it I wasn't bothered by it but yeah I don't know um we have a comment I didn't know these were fairy tale retellings but I loved that part of it I really did too and the first time I read it it took me by surprise because I didn't know that that was what we were getting. And I think it's fun. I like how it kind of takes a new tack.
1: But for an introduction to the Witcher, I do. So I didn't know that it would have fairy tale retellings. So the first time I picked it up and I was like, that oh, was a pleasant surprise. But then mm-hmm. it was an unpleasant surprise to find out that that is not what the Witcher series is at all. <laughs> so mm. like it's as an intro, I was like, well, this is the introduction to the Witcher. I'm assuming that means that that's what we're doing in the Witcher series. And it's, I mean, only insofar as, like, there are very familiar archetypes and tropes that he likes to, like, subvert and mm-hmm. introduce, you know, characters that are, like, very familiar to you from folklore, from fairy tale, um, but not, like, actual fairy tale stories. It's just, like, you know, a vampire shows up and, like, that he's going to subvert your expectations about what that means in a story of a vampire shows up. But it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, we're going to retell Snow White at any point. Like, it doesn't right. really do that in the Witcher series.
0: Which I guess is good to know. <laughs> again i haven't read the rest of them yet so we'll see how it goes
1: well and that but so that's why as an introduction i'm like it could set you up for disappointment then if you're like that's That's fair what you're expecting um right no we were just introducing gerald and decided it would be kind of fun to do it via fairy tales (laughs) but like fairy tales have nothing to do with the witcher series
0: yeah i mean i think that's that could also be a concern um priscilla says the framing device is the part i didn't like okay so somebody else is with you i wasn't confused but i wasn't invested in the framing story it felt like it was just interrupting the stories well
1: i guess when i okay. say confused i don't mean i mean like i just i was confused as to like why this was here or like i was like is it gonna make sense to me what he's talking about at any point point? and it didn't and it doesn't i mean it does now because i've read the Witcher series but the first time i was like I don't i don't get why we're doing this right? right um yeah but for anyone who's thinking about picking up the last wish are mm-hmm. there like um pros and cons that you would like warnings and encouragements that you'd want to give people
0: oh i mean i think honestly i don't think watching the show first is a terrible idea because I just because I think I do think it gives you a lot more context for who some of the main players are and the world and even though the book is different in some ways I think depending on the kind of reader you are I think having some of the visualization and like the deeper knowledge of some of these characters in the periphery could be helpful at least for me I feel like it helped me get more out of it on a second read
1: There's a lot of noise in the street outside. Oh. Um, I was like thinking about how to answer, and then there was also noise. <laughs> oh. But um, I mean, I guess. But I, at the same time, I feel like I feel like because they do change so much in the show that if you're already going to be kind of overwhelmed by everything that's thrown at you in the Witcher series, and then if you are also further confused by the fact that you've been given a mistaken first impression of what is going on by the show and you have to unlearn that and relearn what is actually going on with an equal amount of threads and plots and characters, like that might be more work.
0: (laughs) Maybe. I guess it depends on the kind of reader you are. I, I, Liked having the show as a reference point, but I mean, I don't know. Um, I mean, in
1: particular, they like mess so much with the timeline of things with Geralt mm-hmm. and Ciri. That yeah. and Geralt and Ciri is the like bedrock on which the Witcher series is based. And because mm-hmm. they mess with that so much, I feel like it would be quite confusing if you're going with like the show first and then you go into the book expecting that.
0: Maybe I guess I I guess part of it too is that I knew that the show wasn't a one for one. So I guess like I don't expect. Adaptations to be exactly the same as so see books. you
1: read Last Wish, then saw the show, then read True. Last Wish again. But if True. you had just seen the show first, then that would just be like your intro to stuff as opposed to being like, Well, I know this is different.
0: I don't know. A lot of people are saying they played the video game first, which is interesting. Um, Cats Reads Cats Read Books said since I played Witcher 3 first, it wasn't confusing, confusing because I think most of the stories read like or are quests in the game. Someone else also said that they did that first. Um and someone's saying, same with playing the games first. So I don't know. I like It's kind of a toss-up, it seems like. Well, and this is okay, where... Priscilla... The- oh, this is interesting. Priscilla said, I'm caught up on the show and agree, having watched it adds some interesting elements to reading the books. Then again, I'm not usually bothered by an adaptation and a book being totally different. So I don't know. And a lot of people are... Intro- this is a fair point, Urza, that the video game is the way most people got introduced to the books in yeah. the first place. Well,
1: it's yeah. also... I think... It's more helpful than to play the video game and not watch the show as your introduction because, I mean, being, speaking as an expert on the video game, which I am clearly. Um, clearly. <laughs> but because the the story of the video games is not the story of the books. And so because of that, then the, the video games serve to introduce you to where we are, to who we are, to the rules of this world without messing you up on like what the story is going to be because the show is going to mess you up on what the story is going to be. <laughs>
0: I mean, mess you up is such a intense way of putting it.
1: I don't think you understand how <laughs>
0: intensely convoluted the story of the Wisher is going to get. So just buckle up. <laughs> it'll be, it'll, it's gonna be interesting. Because I, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, yes, I had read the last wish before seeing the show, but I haven't read anything else. So we'll see. But I'm not expecting it to be exactly the same. I think, it, I think the comparison is interesting too. And mainly you're gonna pick up the last wish to be like, oh, Geralt has like a personality. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Who, who knew? No, he really does. He's he's hilarious. I was like Extremely layered and three-dimensional. Yes. That that as well.
1: He's just like a lump with a sword <laughs> in the show. <laughs> oh, it's so upsetting. But an attractive one. But um <laughs> There is a lot of discussion about the grim darkness, about the sexuality and sexual content and the mm, mm-hmm. objectifying of women and things like that. So, I don't yeah. know, thoughts
0: about that? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I guess I have mixed feelings about it. It's, there were definitely moments that I was kind of like, okay. But then there are other things where I kind of feel like, well there's some degree of equal opportunity for people being sexual and being sexualized this is not the worst thing I've read um there were definitely some like some moments that I was like oh good yeah casually mentioning that a 15 year old is like in a relationship with an older man good Uh, but you know I mean like but it's I guess to me, I was. Does
1: this do this? Does this entire book series have a very male gaze? Yes, it does. But do do I think it's sexist? I don't. And to me, there is a difference because, like, in like having a more like sexualized gaze at the woman's body is like present but to be a truly sexist book would mean to me that you utterly devalue the female characters and do not allow them to be characters in their own right and make their own decisions and and be sexually liberated equal to the men and they Mm -hmm. are and so like our author and our main character views women as like sexually desirable and describes that and so it's very male gazy. But mm-hmm. the women aren't just objects in the story. They aren't just plot devices yeah. for the male character. They have their own arcs. And even as the series goes on, there are so many female characters with so many agendas. And so, and they're very intelligent. And they mm-hmm. are, again, very sexually liberated. And later on in the series, we have conversations about menstruation, which are things that male authors never want to touch. <laughs> so it's like stuff like that where I'm like, male gaze, yes. Sexist, no. In my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I would agree with that based on the limited exposure that I have. Where, where, yeah, I would agree with you. Male gazy, yes. Yeah, so there are moments where I'm like, okay, do we need the- no? But I appreciate the fact that the characters, the the female characters, feel pretty fully fleshed out for the most part. They're not just existing for to be sexual objects or like for the purposes of the plot of the main male character, which is where I really start to have problems with guys writing in fantasy sometimes. So, um, yeah like I think your mileage may vary it's one of those things where I'm like if you're very sensitive to that it might not be for you but well and like I said
1: to me I draw a distinction between a male gaze and a sexist writing but Mm -hmm. I'm sure for a lot of people they wouldn't draw that line and just say if it has a male gaze it's sexist which like I'm not gonna say you're wrong that's just not how I view it and I that's not my experience of reading something I have you know there's like I don't know, there's multiple checkpoints and layers to get through. You're like, I have a male gaze, yeah. noted. And if through this male gaze, we continue to then treat people like objects that we view with a male gaze, okay, now we're in sexist territory. But, but for yeah. me, it has to like go through several like sort of steps like that. And for some people, which is valid, like if you don't wanna read something that views women fairly sexually on a regular basis, because that you don't like it you object to it, you find it uncomfortable, you think that that's wrong, whatever, like that's valid, but for me, there is a distinction to be made between like that gaze and the ultimate handling of characters as a whole.
0: Right. No, I would definitely agree with that. You know, I don't think this does the, I, I also probably have a little more grace for things in fantasy. If I'm otherwise happy with some of what it's doing, whereas in a more contemporary work, if I I have less patience for things like, for instance, not doing a good job of handling sexual violence towards women, things like that. Like, this doesn't do a great job with it, but it's, you know, like, so I can see why there would be criticisms of it. And I could see why there might be people who wouldn't want to read it for those reasons. But it's, it's like right on that line for me where I'm like, I'm i'm okay
1: well and as you say it's certainly not the worst i've read before so like if somebody objects to it like that's valid but i hope that person also objects to the many many other fantasy series that are equal to or worse than this in that respect
0: agreed okay maybe let's take a quick look at the comments on this because i think this could be interesting priscilla said oh i think this was about the earlier conversation hold on um Urza loves that he holds to his principles even when under pressure. Most of the main women in the series are more powerful than Geralt, yes, which I think is is interesting. Uh, yeah, I have heard this. Some negative things about cavill and reason, gossip.
1: I don't know. I've seen some very negative things about cavill lately. There's reasons he isn't keeping jobs. Me thinks. So. I- I, I actually went behind on my gossip last I heard was everyone championing Cavill for leaving the Witcher because like he left it because they're doing the character dirty and yay for our hero, Henry Cavill. And I just rolled my eyes at that. Cause I was like, one, I don't know that that's true at all. That's wild speculation. And two, he was doing the character dirty with his, crappy portrayal of the character so yeah. get out of here <laughs> so, if so there's that... actually bad news about Gary uh, about henry cavill like oh, not you that haven't... i wish him
0: ill but like i'm kind of pleased <laughs> so you haven't heard this okay i no. have heard this okay well let me inform you allegedly <laughs> um allegedly henry cavill is kind of sexist and has kind of gone down the like you know reddit pipeline On jack's of... complete
1: lack of surprise <laughs>
0: and and allegedly was a miserable person to work on set with uh for women and that was part of why they didn't want him there anymore
1: kill surprise i i have said this a million times and i will say until hollywood listens to me carl urban should play geralt of rivia he would be
0: perfect okay um Jessica, this wasn't good kind bad. There was no weird nipple obsession. So it's winning. <laughs> good kind does have some of that sometimes. Priscilla, that's a really interesting point. Male gaze versus sexism. I agree. I do think it's a I think that's a good it's a good differentiation. So spoilers? Spoilers.
1: Um, Do you have a favorite story? And was it the same the second time as it was the first time?
0: Oh, God. I don't know. Was I thinking about this while reading? Hmm. I mean, I think one thing that I enjoyed both times that I just thought was kind of clever is I like the take on Beauty and the Beast. I think it's just an interesting subversion. I like the subversion of these fairy tales we think we know. I think it's, and that was one that, stuck out to me how about you
1: the beauty and the beast one stuck out to me the first time simply because that was the one that made me go aha these are fairy tale retellings (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but i actually i mean i like that story fine but on reread like it's not the most interesting story Mm -hmm. um and i think the story um is it is the story actually called like the lesser evil or something or the literal evil or something like that um, it's the one where everyone keeps trying to get him to
0: choose the lesser evil.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, it's called the lesser evil. Okay, the lesser well evil. Well yeah, done. That one
0: that, yes. That one is really interesting. As well, I well. think
1: that's the one that also is the most, um, it is the most interesting to read in this book, but it's also the one that the most um, is an introduction to Geralt's moral compass as his own moral compass versus yeah. what, what the rest of the world might think or what witchers in general might think. Um, it's, like, when we're talking about this book as, like, this is a necessary introduction to the witcher, most of it is, like, here's how elixirs work, and I fight beasties, and here I get paid for it, and, like, that's okay, well and good, but Mm -hmm. that's the story where you're, like, this is an introduction not to witchers, but to Geralt.
0: Right. Yeah, well, and I think that is something though that is a, that we see in other stories as well including you know the one with like the the child surprise whole thing um i think that so that's the
1: one that's probably the most important as an introduction to the story of the right series. which i
0: know because of the show, of the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh yeah but i i think that's that holds true there as well and i always find it interesting the moments where people make assumptions about who he is because he kills beasties for money and he's like uh yeah no i have a code of ethics and i don't just do whatever people want me to do even if you are royalty i really like Geralt a lot but
1: at the same time he's not like I mean I don't know I don't know what you mean when you say you like Geralt I would say I like reading about Geralt because like I don't necessarily always agree with Geralt he's not a character that's like a hero that does the right thing and we love him and we stand I just think he's a very interesting character with a lot of players and I like following his story and I like seeing what he's gonna do and how he reacts to things so like it's you know he's not like an awful character like a lot of people in First Law but it's like similar to First Law where I'm like when I say I like these characters I don't mean that I like these characters I mean that I like reading about them
0: I guess with Geralt I'm like I like reading about him but also I think he would be entertaining to hang out with like I'd be friends with him I think he's funny
1: (laughs) oh I do think he's funny and I like to hang out with him via a book but in real life I don't know
0: I would hang out with him I think it'd be interesting (laughs)
1: But yeah, that's what's also missing in the show. It's like the conversations between him and Dandelion aren't just like Dandelion being a goof and yeah. then Gerald going, "Oh, shut
0: up!" Right. Like they actually
1: have like long conversations that are very witty on both sides.
0: Yes, yeah, and I think that's unfortunate. I think you do lose a lot of the personality in the show, um, and a lot of the humor and the friendship. And I, I love that in this. Yep. Um. Let's see. Urza says, or did he leave for the reasons he said and the showrunners being embarrassed spread lies? Maybe. I, I've i heard it through the TikTok grapevine, which is why I say allegedly. Who knows? I bet be the honest.
1: truth lies somewhere in between both. Extremes. That is.
0: That seems that isn't that usually the case like
1: he may have been displeased with the direction of the show they have been displeased with him in general and everyone's displeased and so they're
0: parting ways right who knows um we also have another fan of the lesser evil jessica liked the one with the gin or genie the best yeah that one was the eponymous last wish the eponymous last wish yes no, I liked that one too. I also think it's interesting seeing his relationship with Yennefer, which comes but in as in that Urza one.
1: says, meeting Yen is important, and that is important in that story. But mm-hmm. in that story, you also do see how much he cares about Dandelion. It's not, True. I mean, everyone's like, oh, that's the Yennefer story, and it is the Yennefer story. But it doesn't, like, it also further develops his relationship with Dandelion.
0: Yes, I agree with that. You get both, and I um, hate that
1: too in the show that because they did the last wish in the show, and mm-hmm. the way that once again like he acts like it's just such a burden to have to deal with the pain and the ass that is gear that he's gotten himself into a pickle, and oh, I guess I have to help him. Whereas here, like Gerald is very, very worried about Dandelion, and he's like gonna mm-hmm. do move heaven and earth to help Dandelion. Yes, um, which is you know we love a bromance, which is really what yeah. you have between Dandelion and Gerald. They're I not know. like.
0: Yeah. Also, what a missed opportunity to have an on-screen bromance. I mean, really.
1: Especially because the actor who plays Yaskier seems like a very pleasant chum to have. A he bromance does. With.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, Jessica, I agree with you. I also really like Yen. I think she is a really interesting character. I, I. Yeah, I'm curious to see, because I know there was a lot of discourse with the show about the issues with the disability representation, and you do get hints of that in this the book here as well. Um, so I would be really curious to see people's thoughts on that. But I also think that one thing that's interesting about it is she's still not pretty. Like in the book, she's... Like, some of the disability stuff has been fixed, but she's still described as not being pretty. But she's alluring. Alluring, yeah. she's.
1: It's kind of like, I feel like more oftentimes we talk about men this way, where they're mm-hmm. like, well, he's not actually handsome, but God, he's sexy. You yeah. know, like, that's basically the vibe. Like, well, I wouldn't say she's pretty, but God, she's sexy.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I think people really can be. I don't but know I think, why every, women always have to be pretty.
1: But so I think... um this is my very positive reading of this, but of course I'm not, um, a person to be qualified to have an opinion about this. So people feel free to set me straight on this. But sure. I think, um, like, cause you just brought up the disability rep of the show and mm-hmm. I kind of get why they gave screen time to something that isn't actually in the book. Like it's, it's alluded to that this is possibly kind of what was probably her backstory, but it's not like mm-hmm. a thing in the book. It's just kind of like Generally, sorceresses have this kind of thing. This is generally where they come from, and that's probably where Jennifer came from. Right. And um, in the book, because it's not something that we spend a ton of time on, the way it comes across in the book is a subversion of this, like, constant thing in, in fairy tales and fantasy where, like, powerful sorceress-type women are beautiful. And they mm-hmm. just are. And that's just how they are. Because, like, oh, if you're a magic user who's powerful, you're a beautiful Galadriel-type person. And the fact that in this world that's doesn't come for free and that's a choice and that comes with the profession and that she had to work a ton to like fix herself to like look the part and Mm -hmm. that and not only did she like it not only is she not naturally this gorgeous sexy thing you know that like you know she went under the knife e old fantasy way but not only that but it caused infertility that like this wasn't free and that i think that that's the focus of it in the book is the fact that like Oh sorceresses aren't just like just magically beautiful. I mean, they are magically beautiful, but it's like it's not that like, oh, if you're born as a magic user, then you're like a sexy man and a hot lady and that's just how it be. Like, no. Like the sorceresses mm-hmm. have at their disposal magical powers and at great risk and cost, they make themselves appear the way you imagine a sorceress ought to look.
0: Mhm.
1: And like that's the yeah. conversation.
0: Yeah. Not this like I... tor-
1: it's like it's kind of like torture porn and like yeah. kitty porn in the show.
0: Yeah. There is a bit of that. No, I I agree. I think so far at least from what I've seen it's it's interesting, but I do, I do think you still get the undertones of this thing of her like Geralt is aware that she doesn't want other people to see what she was before. Like that she's self-conscious about that. Um
1: which I think I mean in the modern day
0: with how much like we talk about plastic
1: surgery like and mm-hmm. how now it's people more openly talk about what work they've had done and we right. in general are more aware of it. But like people in the past were like, Oh no, this is all natural. Like they would never want to like say that they actually had like a facelift or whatever it is. So like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's very like, that's why these books feel so like topical and modern, despite being a fantasy book with like swords and feasties and whatnot. Like Geralt's moral code is often quite, I wouldn't say modern in the sense of like any modern day person would agree with him, but like mm-hmm. it's not what you expect from right. an old timey fantasy book.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, and I mean
1: that too so like before I mentioned the main series you get conversations about menstruation the fact that Yennefer is infertile and wants to do something about that and that's like a major part of her character like that to me is why these books like maybe there are some sexist things such as mm -hmm. the male gazy treatment of like women's bodies at times but like the fact that we're dealing with infertility as like a main plot point for a main female character is like that to me like speaks to like considering women as human beings that have their own Personal yeah. problems and journeys. And like her, this is her priority more than like
0: fucking Geralt. <laughs> well, and I think that's the thing is that I like that she doesn't just exist. For the sake of Geralt or for, you know, like there are the women in the story but don't exist.
1: It would also be pretty sexist if Yennefer was the only female character that yes. was like a three dimensional female character. And that's, like, well, that's why Geralt loves her. But every other woman is just like, right. And that's not true. There's a lot that's of a, powerful yeah. female characters
0: in the story uh, overall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, comment saying, I think one of the things I like most about Geralt is how surprisingly relatable he is. I didn't expect to feel so much sympathy for him. I would agree with that. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think these books do a good job of, like, oh, I was just going on and on about what Yennefer has to do to become the beautiful sorceress that she is. Right. But we do get, you know, some sense from the conversations that happened in The Last Wish about what Geralt went through to become a witcher that that also didn't happen by accident or come
0: free. Right. It, there was a lot of trauma that went into it. Um, Urza says, I think it's the easiest way to get it across in visual media, just make them pretty instead of how a norm having a normal woman play a character that has that magnetism yeah i mean of course in media they're gonna that's what they're gonna do their urge to bring in stuff from later books is real right now (laughs) we'll get there we'll get there just wait give us some months uh jessica says i think for how old this book is the disability rep is pretty good okay well i appreciate that um I, I always appreciate your perspective on this, Jessica. I think it's uh, it's it's useful to hear from somebody who's kind of in that space. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the time the books came out, it's like, because these were coming out when, like, when did the first one? The '90s released? predominantly, and
1: then it's mainly the '90s, and then like Season of Storms mm-hmm. came out in like 2013, right. I want to say. Yeah. The later Um, Witcher books I think were coming out in the 2000s. Like we had moved out of the 90s by the end. Yeah. I think
0: I might be wrong. But so I mean this was the same time as some of these other big series then like you know Sword of Truth and Wheel of Time and you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not ancient. (laughs) No. It's still in our lifetime but yeah. Yeah. But also I think you know for for the time it was coming out it's i don't know i feel like i, I mean know. even 10 years ago things weren't as like
1: well handled right the idea of even i mean i doubt andrea sapkowski had beta readers or or sensitivity oh, yeah.
0: readers in poland in the 90s <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh thank you last wish came out in 93 according to goodreads and that's probably the english translation i'm guessing no, I think that's no.
1: when it's Or is that the you're Polish. Polish?
0: Okay, great. 93. Wow. Yep. Other what other things do you want to hit on with this? I mean, I feel like a
1: <laughs> there's so much and so little because it's like you can pick apart every single story and every single thing that they decide to do and what this means about Gerald's character, which would take 10 more hours. Right, um, but to talk about something briefly, I can think of nothing that is like a quick also let's just briefly <laughs> discuss um, well, I'd
0: imagine it's hard to because I haven't read farther in the series, yeah. I so like what do like, you think I... this means? I guess I could say
1: that. What do you think <laughs> yeah. this means? Um, I guess I would be interested to know I don't actually know what you know about what the main Witcher series is about, and what do you think it's about
0: I I don't know. I mean, I know a little bit about some of the differences between what they've done in the show and what's in the book. So I know the whole thing with Siri is part of it, but I don't I, I don't really know. All right then. <laughs> so we'll see. It's
1: gonna and be an adventure. What it's about. <laughs> uh I mean, so for me, like when I think of a series, even if I know very little about it, um, mm-hmm. I'll often like have an image in my mind of what I expect to like be the experience of reading it, and I'm often wrong. But like nevertheless, yeah. like I'll have developed in my mind an impression of like when I'm in that series, this is what it will be like to be in it.
0: I think the thing is, is I've heard vaguely some reviews of the series where people say that it it ends up feeling. Sometimes a lot like reading about European history, so I guess I know that. So my I got so I don't know that I have a lot of expectation. I hope to see more of these characters that I think are interesting. So Geralt, Yennefer, see their interaction. I mean, I just like those are the things that I'm enjoying. Other than that, I don't know that I have a ton of. I don't have a ton of expectations going in. I'm trying not to. That's fair. Riding the countryside and slaying beasties and political stuff happening and magic. I don't know. I mean, that's like, (laughs) I mean, the short story collections
1: and sort of destiny are fun because they are more adventure Mm -hmm. of the week. Yeah. Which like, honestly, I think the show would have been better off making each episode an adventure of the week instead of like trying to make it game of thrones. And it's like, It's already a convoluted timeline. Like just make it adventure of the week. It's fine. That's there's a reason the book is structured that way. Like because Mm -hmm. it's much more digestible. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) I don't know. Yes. Uh, Ursa says we'll meet Triss in the next book too. Um, we will meet Triss, I believe, in the next book.
0: Exciting. Important character as well. Yes. No, I'm excited to finally get to them because they've been kind of on my eventually want to read list for quite some time so
1: yeah no they're they're meaty books like mm-hmm. it's honestly like having read the whole series coming back to the last wish is like oh this is so nice because like by tower of spallows and lady of the lake it's it's a lot yeah <laughs> it kind of in my opinion gets a little away from the author so like <laughs> it's just kind of a lot um, yeah. So Last Wish is like nice and tight and like straightforward. And here's the adventures and here's the moral qualms and some food for thought. And then we're done. And it's like, oh, that was so nice.
0: <laughs> so you're saying future episodes will have a lot more to talk about.
1: It's well, Either that or not, because like I just said, like we could pick apart every single story in this book mm-hmm. and we can do a podcast episode on each story in The Last Wish to like really right. like dive deep. Um, or to do an overview, like, I don't know. It was good. So, like, (laughs) Towers Falls and Lady of the Lake, we're either going to, like, have to talk a ton about it all or we're just going to be kind of like, well, that was a lot. (laughs) I don't know. Where do you want to (laughs) start?
0: There are some interesting – Okay, I guess one story in this that I do want to talk about because I think it's it's just so interesting because you get a reversal that, like – Okay, so the one about – um the guy who's i don't i don't know what it was called but the one about the guy who's like in love with a vampire lady demon type thing whatever it is
1: well that's the beauty and the beast one
0: yeah so i guess one thing about it right is that like he's the beast but she's a monster. But then also, he kind of is because he became a monster because he sexually assaulted a nun. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, nice happy <laughs> story. Yeah, you no. Know. I just think it's interesting because it's like I spend a lot of the story be like feeling bad for him, and then I'm like, hmm, hmm.
1: I mean, you, Do I mean, basically, I, you know, all of them have reversals. I mean, yeah. the, actually, I, where I thought you were going with that was the story about the king who wants someone to like not kill his beastie daughter but save his beastie daughter and everyone is like well that's impossible <laughs> but he's like oh some someone's come and told him that it's possible to save her and so now he's decided that he doesn't just want her slain that you have to try and save her
0: right her his, her his incestuous daughter that he had with his sister
1: yes <laughs> but the, that's the reversal though is that like when he's he's asking gerald is like tell me truly was it wasn't that it was incest? Is that what made her this beast? Mm-hmm. And Geralt's like, no, but it's probably because you were committing incest that someone hated you enough to poison your daughter and curse her like this. So, in a way, yep. yes, incest caused this, but not in the way that you think or you meant. Yeah. Yep. And so, like, I liked that because it I feel like that is kind of the grain of truth in fairy tales, where it's like, there isn't an actual curse, and yet the story remains true because. What the curse represents is hatred and acting out against somebody. And that did happen.
0: Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Let's see. Jessica says, you need to take into consideration that back then disability was really scorned. We didn't get the ADA until 1990. Wow. Yeah. My mom had to almost sue the district to get them to accept you into public school. Wow. That's that's intense. I mean, good for your mom, honestly. Um I didn't realize it wasn't until 1990, the American Disability Act. I have no idea what
1: legislation is like in Poland. It might be that they're more ahead of the game.
0: Maybe. That would be interesting to know. I have no idea. Jessica's saying, so this rep was good for 93. Good to know. Thank you. Um, Everyone's favorite or least favorite. Did you have a least favorite story? I don't know if I had a least favorite. I mean, just the
1: framing device is my least favorite.
0: Fair enough. (laughs) I mean, I think what the framing device to me did, well, it like number one, it it made me intrigued about sort of the setup of religious groups in the world. But I think it also like it starts with girl like having sex with somebody. So I'm like, oh, OK, <laughs> this is cool. OK. Um, As he is wont to do. <laughs> yes. Full test is terrible. It Which character is that? Is this from? the story we were talking one of the stories we were talking about i'm trying to remember i know the name (sighs) names are i think fultus is the one whose
1: daughter is i could be wrong okay
0: yeah i don't know i just know i had a fun time reading this oh hey there's a picture of the author in the back of my
1: Oh, actually right. there isn't in mine i mean i know what he looks like because i've seen interviews with him but i've got the uk edition i
0: guess but
1: um... okay yeah or is it confirmed that it's the king with the beastie daughter
0: okay incest king <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great good to know yeah that first entry is weird yeah yeah it's an interesting opening to the story i'm kind of like oh, all right this is where where we're we going
1: um, Not an inaccurate representation of what you will find in the Witcher series. There's lots and lots right. of sex in the Witcher series.
0: Yeah, yeah. I did think it was kind of funny in this the the Last Wish, where they're like, "Oh, are they okay?" Like, I hear groaning, and they're like, oh nope, let's just leave them. <laughs> they're okay." <laughs> uh, it's just there's a lot of that. It was funny. Now I had a good time with it. It was enjoyable. I'm excited to keep going. Jessica didn't have a least favorite. So yeah, I think uh, that might about cover the last wish we are going to do On My Radar where we'll share recent and upcoming book releases in sci-fi and fantasy and talk a little bit about what the next episode is gonna be. Unless we've got a couple questions here, I might cover this, but um and f- this year you're getting our sci-fi fantasy recommendations for the month in the episode with Leanna and Romance Rex in my episode with Izzy. So and which your related bonus content. Oh yes, good point patrons will get bonus content so liana do you want to tell them what what is our patron bonus content for this episode going to be
1: for this episode our patron bonus content will be uh talking about fairy tale retellings and the history of fairy tales
0: yeah it's gonna be fun so if you're interested. You can join. You can get access to the bonus content for as little as five dollars a month if you want to support us. Um, If you want to toss a coin, toss a coin. You're totally fired.
1: Why did you were? I didn't (laughs) reference money. I didn't talk about money. If I had, I would have. I would have been like perfect opportunity to talk (sighs) about coins.
0: But you're you're wearing the shirt that should
1: have clued you in. You're the one looking at me. I'm not looking at me. It's
0: true. <laughs> <laughs> Toss a coin to your podcasters, y'all. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Okay. Sing it to um, yourself all day. Sing, yes, that's, I'll just have it on repeat. Okay. A uh, couple comments before we wrap this up, but full test is the incestuous king. He is terrible, but he's also only still trying to save and protect his daughter. Fair point. I never feel sorry for him, but I sympathize with his not wanting to give up. Yeah.
1: And his daughter is the innocent and all that.
0: Yeah. What do we think of the wish? Oh, of him tying his life to Yennefer's. I want to see what the consequences are going to be. I don't know. I think it's going to be. It's
1: the eponymous story, presumably for a reason.
0: Presumably for a reason. Yeah. All right. So, y'all, we're going to do On My Radar. And if you enjoy the podcast we always appreciate if you take a moment to rate and review us or if you're watching us on youtube feel free to comment below and if you're interested in getting early access to episodes and exclusive bonus content with every episode consider supporting us on patreon and uh Chucking some change. Chucking some (laughs) change, as Matt says, or toss some (laughs) coins to your podcasters. Uh, Huge thanks to all of our supporting patrons. We really appreciate you, including our World Expander patrons, Trina and Stephanie. You all make what we do possible. So thank you for your support. And um, also note that the next episode will be February 13th. I'll be back with Izzy, and we're going to go live talking about Real by Kennedy Ryan. So if you're a romance reader, it's going to be a good time. Um, Okay, Liana, you said you do have one book. Yes,
1: it is a miraculous day.
0: It's um, always a good day when you have one.
1: Uh, On my radar is The Magician's Daughter by H.G. Perry, which comes out February 28th. So the air Mm -hmm. end of February. H.G. Yeah. Perry. I'm interested in this because she wrote *The Shadow Histories*, which is the Declaration of the Rights of Magicians and the Radical Act of Free Magic. So, I this is just an autobiographer for me, but this book does sound enticing. It is uh, set in 1912, and magic has been fading. But it's like a Irish magic folklore-inspired thing, and I mean, it's called *The Magician's Daughter*, and there's lots and lots of shenanigans.
0: Love it. Um, I've got some things coming out recently or soon. One I just finished that I think is fun if you like cozy fantasy and fairies is Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies by Heather Fawcett. It's, I liked it. I think it's a little long, but it definitely has a lot of kind of I've had so many people recommend that
1: to me. I feel an odd amount of pressure to read that. I don't.
0: I don't know if you would like it, to be honest, because it's it's one of those books that, like, it has more plot than some of the books you haven't liked that are, like, cozy fantasy, but it's more on that end of, like, slow-paced slice-of-life stuff. I don't know. It would be a toss-up. I enjoyed it, but I don't know... But you might like if you're really into fairy mythology and like stuff. I'm not into any mythology. Well, there you go. <laughs> so I don't know. It would you could enjoy it, but it would be one of those ones where I'm like, yeah, I'd be on the fence about it. We'll see. Um, yes, I believe it is a standalone. Um, and then The Keeper Six by Kate Elliott is a novella that I really enjoyed. It's got portal fantasy and a middle-aged mom to an adult child who has been kidnapped and she's going to go to the ends of the universe to save him so if you like a badass older mom character and magic it's really fun loved it her world building is excellent like she puts like a novel's worth (laughs) into a novella um oh question is whether the magician's daughter one is a standalone
1: I believe it is, but I don't know for sure.
0: Okay. Um, also, The Terraformers by Annalene Newitz is their new sci-fi book that I'm interested to read. It's like, I, I don't really know exactly what the plot is. It's a little unclear, but I think it's talking about like capitalism and post-industrial societies with a sci-fi Western vibe and it's got a good cover i'm intrigued um there's also a couple of ya books that i'm interested in wild blood by lauren blackwood is a ya fantasy about like this exotic tour company in jamaica that is like kidnapping mm-hmm. black magical children and making them work for it <laughs> She's written some interest, some interesting things, and uh, does like creepy stuff. So we'll see what happens with that. And then the severed thread by Leslie Vetter is the sequel to the Bone Spindle, which I loved, and I didn't see a lot of people talking about it. It's sort of like a gender flip Sleeping Beauty meets Indiana Jones, and. it's just a really good time. I had a lot of fun with it and the sequel is coming out. And then the last book that I'll mention is don't fear the reaper by Stephen Graham Jones. So if you like horror and you like Stephen Graham Jones, the second book is coming out in February and I'm excited. I have it pre-ordered.
1: I too am waiting for Pharaoh Melgin, the early years. Thanks Matt for reminding us that we should be demanding a Pharaoh prequel from Joe Abercrombie. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) But I, you or that i would also like to know what she did after the trilogy
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fair all right y'all well thank you so much for joining us for our first witcher episode this has been chapter three podcast for your hosts bethany and liana and you can follow us as always on twitter instagram and tiktok at chapter three podcast and you can find us on our individual youtube channels check the um video description on youtube the show notes if you're listening on whatever podcast platform the next episode will be available in two weeks no uh, no the next episode will be february 13th which is about two weeks but we've moved from every two weeks to bi-monthly so um and bonus content for patrons will be available in the next few days thanks for listening